TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. that paleo show making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone i'm sarah stewart i'm steve hater and i'm brett hill well today's guest is a bit like us so we're excited straight up uh, he's passionate about discussing what it takes for humans to be happy and healthy and is certainly doing his part to help spread the word on health his goal is to make a difference in your everyday life He knows the challenges that we all face when it comes to examining the current state of health and considering what to do about it in our own lives. His desire is to draw attention and increase consciousness to the way you live. With this focus, Not Just Paleo was born. Using Not Just Paleo as the vehicle, our guest aims to help you avoid becoming another health statistic and also to help you live the best life possible. Evan Brand is a blogger and podcast host who combines 21st century technology with a paleo template to naturally conquer depression, anxiety, weight loss, and a variety of struggles that we all encounter from time to time. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Evan Brand. Hey, thank you all so much. That was the best introduction I think I've ever been given, so that must mean I'm doing something good, so thank you all. Uh, Our pleasure, Evan. We're uh, excited to to have a chat to you all the way from uh, Texas, Um, so welcome on board. Um, Evan, because I am a a bit of a curious person, and we all know that curiosity killed the cat, can you tell us more about the not in the Not Just Paleo? Yeah, for sure. I just think that paleo has become sort of almost like a religion or some sort of cult or something to where people think it's a one size fits all and it's definitely a really good start for people when it comes to like health and happiness and getting rid of depression and you know fixing inflammation and sore joints and stuff like that but i don't think that it's going to cover everything and i think there's many other pieces of modern life that get left out and so I didn't want to limit myself to just paleo because I'd probably get bored and burnt out with it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to throw the word not in front of it and then that will give me the right to talk about anything and everything that could uh, influence health or happiness. Cool. That's awesome. Evan, um, one of the things I'm curious about is with your experience so far and the people that you've been interviewed, what are some of the areas what, – what are probably your top two or three areas of uh, development – within the conventional paleo space? Yeah, I would say uh, as far as like major changes or things that have been the most beneficial to learn about. Is that what you were asking? Uh, yeah, so um, what, what do you find perhaps gets left out? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the artificial light picture is, uh, is probably one of them. Now, a lot of people are talking more about it now. Uh, you know, the blue blocking glasses and yep. the whole conversation – but I was one of the only people actually to have on a, a physicist on my show who basically studied lighting technology forever and wrote books about the link between artificial light and cancer. And I think that's a really important point because we could talk about food all we want, but if you're staying up till 11 p.m. at night and you're sitting right next to an artificial sun, you're doing 
a lot of damage to your hormones and uh, also your brain chemistry. I mean, you just you really won't produce the you know the melatonin for one, but many other hormones are all tied in on a cycle, and it all goes back to light. You know, light's like the primary driving force, and so. I think uh, if people could become more conscious about their artificial light exposure after the sun goes down, that would be a really good thing to do. And um, also, I think the whole blood sugar issue, that's kind of not explained enough in my opinion. People talk about eat these foods, don't eat these foods, but they don't tell people that the main thing that we're trying to do is to uh, improve the quality of the food, of course, and uh, of course – up the intake of the raw materials that we need to make our brain chemicals but basically we're trying to stabilize our blood sugar and many people feel like they're going insane and a lot of that has to do with the blood sugar roller coaster that so many millions of people across the world are, are struggling with and so you know people that have anxiety or depression that come to me for help they don't understand that if you don't have high quality fats in your diet you're basically you're basically running on a faulty fuel tank. So I always compare it to like my grandpa's old car that he had. The fuel tank was so, uh, or the fuel gauge was so off that he had to manually write down how many miles he drove. He had no clue how much gas he had in the car. And so he would get confused signals. Sometimes it would say it was full, and then sometimes it would say it had a quarter tank of gas left, and he was always confused. And I think if we apply that analogy directly to our, you know, eating experience, that's really similar to what goes on uh, with people. They're like, am I hungry? Do I want chocolate? Do I want a cookie? Do I want steak? Hmm. And people just have no clue what type of hunger signals they're really hmm. getting. And so I think that's kind of a really, really important piece is just uh, fixing blood sugar. Yeah, yeah gold. Awesome. So, Evan, you spoke about the blue light and obviously the light at night. And I know that sleep is something that you talk about a lot and, you know, how to get the right quality and quantity of sleep. So, perhaps you can delve into that a little bit. Like, tell us, you know, what sort of things are people doing wrong in terms of their sleep? What can they do to get better sleep? And and why is sleep so important to their health and their lifestyle? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, first, I guess I'll tell people that, and I don't know about you all, I'm sure you probably prioritize it, but I think a lot of people just simply don't prioritize sleep. Like if we were to look at a pie chart of all the different factors that go into overall health and happiness, I would say most people look at sleep as maybe like 2 to 10%, mm-hmm. you know, and the rest is what, you know, diet and exercise, just like everybody else talks about. And the reality is uh, your testosterone peaks while you're in REM sleep at night. And so the guys that are in the gym listening that are pumping weights thinking their testosterone's peaking then, it's actually not. It's peaking when we're sleeping. And so we have to have that to reset ourselves, and we have to have that to recover. And so the blue light thing is, is really big. So uh, things that people are doing wrong are sitting on the iPhone or the iPad or the computer right up until the moment they go to sleep and expect to get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. And so... I'll go a little bit further with that idea. If you're bringing the technology toys to the bed with you, you're basically carving a pathway in your brain that says, well, when we're in the bed, we should be up stressing about emails and bills and all of the horrible things that I have to keep up with, not sleeping or having sex. So I tell people, limit your bedroom to sleep and sex only as much as possible just so you tell your brain, 
that's what we're doing in here. So as soon as you walk in the bedroom, you're either going to get turned on or you're going to get turned off and go to sleep, you know, <laughs> one of two things. So uh, I think that's kind of a, a good way to uh, to restructure the bedroom. And then also, I think people are just not going to bed early enough. You know, um, if you've all ever been camping, when the sun goes down, you get pretty tired pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to. And so, of course, we would have sat next to the the bonfire, made some kind of paleo graham cracker, you know, marshmallows or something. But that's what we're supposed to do, and we're supposed to go to bed relatively soon after. And now some of my friends or people my age, they don't even start their night until 11 o'clock or midnight. And that's when they're going to go out to the club and, you know, drink or uh, drink Red Bulls and energy drinks and all this stuff, and then they wonder why they feel so horrible all the time. And so it's really just, um, I guess you could say it's limiting your social life a little bit, but you're not really. You're just restructuring your day, you know, getting up in the morning and doing stuff instead. So it's just kind of a mindset change that I think people have to accept if they want to feel optimal. But a lot of people just kind of go through, you know, half energy through their whole work week, and that's not a way to live in my opinion. No, I'm exactly right, Evan, and I think the really powerful takeaway from that is through some really simple changes, people can gain some really fantastic benefits that just leave them feeling on top of the world, so it's totally doable. Um, I think uh, for our um, Aussie listeners, we're keen to learn a bit a bit more about you. Could you um, perhaps talk to us um, about you know how you came across paleo and then where you took it from there? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, like many people, I was struggling to find a way to pay for college. And so I was working at UPS and I was shipping packages uh, Monday through Friday. And that was midnight to 5 a.m. And I I did that for two years. And that was my breaking point. I mean, you would think that a, a 20 or 21 year old guy couldn't be that unhealthy or unhappy by that age but that was definitely the case for me and I mean it was such a struggle it was like well do I get in debt and stress out over that to pay for my degree or do I work this uh, job that's completely the opposite of the hours I should be working and so I sucked it up for as long as I could until I became extremely depressed and I never thought about killing myself or anything like that but I mean that was some of the hardest and, and lowest moments of my life mentally uh, physically I was wondering why I wasn't getting results in the gym even though my diet was right and I was exercising and lifting weights I just could not build muscle as much as I wanted to I kind of plateaued and that was it and so then I found Mark's Daily Apple and started reading about sleep and circadian cycles and how hormones operate on 24-hour rhythms and stuff like that. And, of course, I was living the complete opposite, and so I just had to quit. I just straight up quit and said, that's it. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go psycho. And so I quit and ended up uh, just working a normal day job. And then on the side, I just started writing and just researching every day. I've always been passionate about helping people and talking, as you could probably tell. But uh <laughs> But, you know, I just I love talking to people. So I thought, man, how about I go out and get a hold of people that have been researching and talking about this and looking into this stuff way longer than me. And maybe I'll take some things away from them and and maybe become as smart as as some of these other people. 
And so that's kind of what I've been doing for the last two years. And uh, I work a day job now. I work uh, at a supplement company here in town. And it's goes hand in hand with everything I do on the blog and my website. I mean, it's literally the perfect unison. You know, I promote and, and help people discover our supplement company. And then I also do the podcast and the blog. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, I guess the takeaway for people is that if you feel something pulling you in a certain direction, you should probably go for it. And the worst that happens is you fail and then you keep going and you're that much stronger and able to handle your next task or your next challenge. And so I think a lot of people ignore these signs. They ignore their depression or they ignore the feelings that I had in my job and they just kind of go on with it. But I don't think that's what you should do. I think you should, uh, look for change. Change can be good. Evan, um, I love the uh, approach that you take, and certainly your, your calmness and your wisdom shines through with, uh, with, with you know, what you're passionate about and, and what's at your foundation. And we were talking a little bit before the podcast about uh, stress, um, the, the chronic levels that we have in Western society, and um, I, I really think that certainly it's, it's relevant uh, extremely in the paleo scene um, to look at stress because certainly from a primal perspective, um, number one lifestyle wasn't anywhere near as stressful as what we're experiencing now. You had to run from something or you had to battle someone uh, or something like that. Uh, but outside of that, stress management techniques were built into primal and primitive culture through uh, rituals and things like this. And I really think that certainly from a Western uh, civilization point of view, um, there are no uh, um, stress management tools built into our culture. It's, it's kind of something we need to go and emulate something that happens uh, over East or, or something like that. So um, my question is, um, where? tell me about the stress management um, and restorative relaxation stuff that you've discovered and what's really resonated with you. Yeah, sure thing. I, I wanted to uh, to mention the Western society's anti-stress thing that uh, that you were kind of alluding to. I mean, the only thing we do now is people build up stress all week and then Friday night they go out and just get completely wasted mm. and think that that's the way to relieve stress. And, uh, I, you know, being social, the social aspect is probably pretty healthy, but the excess of alcohol that comes along, it's never been my thing for some reason, you know. But uh, but anyway, as far as stress management, it's it's really crazy because we're designed for the exact opposite percentage of stress versus not stress. And so, you know, it's easy for people to get overwhelmed now because our emotional tank, so to speak, is just almost on full. And one guy that cuts you off on the highway overflows your stress tank. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. And so... The way that I've expanded the capacity of my stress tank, so I guess just picture a gas tank that's overflowing with stressors. I've made my gas tank bigger by doing things like sensory deprivation tanks. That's probably one of the biggest hacks, I guess, or the biggest things that I've actually done. So uh, if you want me to explain that, I can go deeper. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you don't rub shoulders with Joe Rogan by any chance, do you? No, I haven't. Um, well, he he's actually he co-owns uh, on it, which is the company that uh. I work for. So there's kind of a lot of overlap with 
mentality and stuff like that but he co-owns the company and so he's always talking about it on his show and stuff like that but yeah um, if you could touch on it briefly that'd be awesome okay yeah so it's basically just a full immersion into your inner self and that sounds creepy to people that haven't meditated or done yoga or anything like that but it's basically just a supersized bathtub of salt water of epsom salt magnesium sulfate and so uh, not only are you like detoxing yourself but the magnesium is going to calm you down too and you get in this tank and you get in there naked because you don't want clothes messing you up you don't want to feel anything and the water is perfectly tuned to the temperature of your skin and so after about 20 minutes you don't really feel the water anymore and that's when the really profound thoughts start to happen. It's almost like turning off the monkey brain and just allowing your inner thoughts and kind of your deeper self come out. And like I said, many people get afraid of that when they hear that, but it's actually a really beautiful experience. And when you come out of it, you feel much more calm and much more able to handle stress. And you can actually just look at it in a different perspective. And so like I told you, I went to Paleo FX last year. I actually floated that morning that I was going to go to the conference because I knew I was going to be meeting and interacting with so many different people that I wanted to be my calmest and purest self. So I went and did a, uh, a one and a half hour float session that morning and I plan to do it next week before I go do my speech up there too. So it's, I mean, it's that big of a deal to me and other people will benefit too that there's tanks popping up everywhere. I'm sure there's some where you where you all live too if you we just do. do a research. Yeah, in Adelaide, certainly do and it's, uh, it's on our list of things to do for sure. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, but I'm definitely going to have to give it a go because I'm definitely one of those people that as you talk about it, it's challenging me. <laughs> like, I'm like the idea of just yeah. no sensory deprivation, I'm like that is actually challenging me, so I'm going to have to give it a go. Um, but you know, you spoke about sort of expanding your tank and... and I'm kind of curious as to what else you do that helps with that. You know, I've sort of been flicking through your website here, and I notice you know you talk about things like you know um, training your brain to burn fat, and you know, you know all those other things you can do for your brain that are going to help it uh, you know deal better with stress. So, what are some of your other top tips for helping your your body and your brain deal better with stress? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could go two ways with this. You know, I could go the supplemental route, which everybody wants to go because they want the quick fix, or I could go the mindset side where I tell people that I used to work out in the forest and that's the most natural environment for humans and it's really beneficial to get out there and that can be a natural stress reliever but just since we're all kind of uh, health geeks it's it's much more fun to talk about the supplement side so uh, GABA deficiencies are really huge with people and you can run neurotransmitter tests but GABA is just a calming brain chemical that we're all depleted in due to our fast-paced lifestyle. And so I've literally probably spent 20 hours researching just GABA alone. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's just such a passion for me because so many people have underlying anxiety issues that walk around like a big weight on their shoulder. And so if you don't have enough GABA, this calming neurotransmitter, you can't be calm. And so you can produce it from sulfur-containing foods. So I guess one of my hacks is just to eat more broccoli or cauliflower, something like that that contains sulfur because that is required to produce this neurotransmitter GABA. And if you don't have enough of this, you could be just going around feeling like you have a fluttering heart 
or you're just really panicked or, you know, if somebody pops around the corner and you're the type of person who just, oh, and you freak out, you know, I'm not saying that that's your issue, but if you have higher levels of GABA, you may not be so susceptible to fear and being frightened. So that's one cool way to look at it. And then I guess another hack that that I like to do on myself is just to use L-theanine supplements. And that's just an amino acid. Uh, Tryptophan is also really good. Of course, L-tryptophan is found in a lot of foods that us paleo people eat. So we're naturally getting it. But I just like to throw some extra into my system because it really gives a profound sense of relaxation. I haven't taken any today, but if I get really stressed, I'll go for the theanine. And you could just take about 200 milligrams of that. It's just an extract that comes from green tea and it's really helpful. I mean, I think it's something that should be in everybody's medicine cabinet as opposed to some sort of prescription anxiety reliever. Of course, I'm not a doctor. I can't make too many claims on that, but that's just my personal experience with it. Yeah, well, um, we're always keen to look at ways that people can uh, make small changes that impact their lives positively. And I know you touched on biohacks there, Evan. I'm a bit of a nerd and I get really excited um, talking about biohacks. And I think Steve and I were first introduced um, to that concept through the 4-Hour Body, which was uh, Tim Ferriss. And um, we've played around a little bit with um, cold showers and so on. I guess I'm keen to hear what is some of your uh, wackiest or, or most interesting bio hacks that you've uh, experimented with (laughs) soon as you say that i'm thinking of the times that i was in the cold shower and i had the timer set because you know you're supposed to do five minutes right and so i I would set the clock for five minutes and every time i would just get a little bit colder i would like pull back the shower curtain and look at the phone (laughs) and see that i still had like three minutes left (laughs) oh the pain (laughs) yeah and I was like, are you kidding me? I've only been in here two minutes. Oh, God, this is insane. It's an eternity, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But yeah, I, I mean, cold showers are definitely up there as far as the um, the craziness. Uh, <laughs> I don't think, I, you know, it's kind of hard to say, you know, like what's considered crazy, like crazy dangerous or just crazy <laughs> silly. You know? Crazy interesting. Yeah. Um, cold let's, showers let's are crazy. See. I, they they really have. are. They really are. <laughs> they make Cold me showers angry. are top five. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> they make me angry too. But I figured out. I don't know if it was in the four hour body. I haven't. I've skimmed through it, but I haven't read the whole book. The best way I found out is to just get your armpits and the back of your neck first, and then once you get that, that's the most miserable part. And then once you get that done, your, you know, the rest of your body it doesn't uh, freak you out so much. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, as far as interesting things, I've just I've tried so many different supplements. I don't know about you all, but I mean, at one time I had a whole drawer in my dresser just full of different herbs. Um, anything from say rhodiola, which is still in there because it's so helpful to me, to ashwagandha, and then I've gone the uh, the nootropic route and experimented with things like paracetam and phenibit which is uh, basically a, a chemic I think r- the Russians developed it, but it was a, um, a chemically made, uh, basically it, it kind of like mimics or increases your GABA levels. And so if you take enough Finibit, you can get increased colors, like the vividness of colors is enhanced. Music sounds incredible. Um, the only thing that I would say is that you can get addicted. I had a friend that was taking Finibit, 
And he got to the point to where he could not sleep unless he had some because his system just got so dependent on it. It's not dangerous by itself, you know. It's just a, it's just an over-the-counter vitamin, and you can find it in many of the uh, the calm blends and you know the um, sleep aids and stuff like that contain phenobit. But the potential for addiction is pretty big for people that just don't know how to handle the dosage, I guess, and so. I guess that would probably be the the extreme side of of things that I've seen. But personally, you know, I never got too deep in the rabbit hole. I would just take the smallest dosage possible and um, just feel the benefits from that. Evan, um, it's, it's funny. It seems like the the way we've uh, gone with or railroaded the conversation is around stress management and, and relaxation. But one I think uh, definitely high high on the priority list. Um, I was uh, we've been talking a little bit about um, mindful eating and not eating when you're in a stress state, um, especially um, you know to. Uh, make sure that you're not depleting your immune system and that you're able to absorb nutrients and so forth. So what's, what's your take on that? And, and perhaps what are some strategies that you use to ensure that you're not eating um, in a stress state? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a, really, that's a really cool thing that you brought that up because I just started being even more mindful this past week. And because, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I ate in the car and I hate doing that. Mm-hmm. And I had some some steak and I had it in a little container and I was literally just holding this container while driving eating a steak. Now it was a grass-fed <laughs> ribeye and so it was still delicious, but by the time I got to my destination, I feel like I didn't eat anything. And mm-hmm. I knew subconsciously I was like I should not be doing this, but by the time I got there, I felt like I didn't eat anything. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my n equals 1 to prove that you know, digestion and eating should be sort of a a calm parasympathetic state that you should be in. And so what I forced myself to do for the past couple of weeks is to give myself five to ten minutes before and five to ten minutes after a meal. So if I know I'm gonna be eating lunch, I'll go ahead and just sit down and just relax. Just put the phone away you know, most of the time that's the time for people to run back to the computer and check email. Yeah. I've had to just avoid that. Just sit down, just me, my thoughts. Preferably if I could go outside and sit in the sun. We're we're entering spring here in, in the States and so I've been outside a lot more. And just take five to ten minutes to just kind of set the mood and, you know, calm myself down, go eat, and then sit down for five to ten minutes after and that has made a huge impact on my digestion. So back when I was working third shift, my digestion was horrible. I had IBS at the time. And of course, I still get little flare-ups if I eat something I shouldn't or too many peppers or something like that. But I pretty much fixed my digestion by calming down and actually just sitting and savoring the meal. I was actually going to post something up on my Facebook, but I feel like people might laugh at it i was going to ask if anyone had ever had like a food gasm because, <laughs> your, because your food just it tastes so good yeah and you're just such in the moment and that's what i had today i i had some peas that i actually made uh that's something that i include in my diet with a bunch of butter and himalayan salt and then i had a um just a strip steak with a bunch of butter on it and i mean the way the flavors went together it was just <laughs> 
It was ridiculous. Fat, it was great. Fat does that though. Like if you get good fat and all those flavors, and you've got the yeah, I, I you totally should have posted it on Facebook. <laughs> I might after this. Yeah, do, when I met Steve, it was really weird because I would cook a, a meal and bring it out, and he'd eat it, and he just looked so angry, and he'd like shake his head and go all silent, and he'd just be like, "No, oh, it's angry. Oh, this just makes it's too good. It makes me angry." And I was like, "What?" So I think that might be your equivalent. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Evan, um, just before we wrap up, I know you've actually just released a new ebook and some audio. Are you able to tell us a bit about um, what we can gain from um, checking those out? Yeah, I'd love to. So, like I mentioned, sleep was my biggest problem. So, I figured if I ever actually made a product and, and had the nerve to ask people to support me financially for my podcast and stuff, that it better be good. And so I felt like I had the most experience of being a miserable human with sleep. And so that's what I wanted to tackle is kind of my first project. So it's called Rim Rehab just because a lot of people don't get enough rim and you can be in bed for eight hours and still be miserable and tired. And so I wanted people to understand that it's not the quantity of sleep so much, but it's the quality. So if you're going to get seven or eight hours, those better be seven or eight really good hours. Mm. And so, you know, I mentioned some of the biohacking stuff. I got some other stuff in the book that talks about alternative therapies that I use. For example, acupressure mats. Those are really, really helpful for sleep and also back pain and spasms and stuff like that that I struggle with while lifting packages. Acupressure mats were just incredible resource so that's in the book as well as like personalized supplement protocols because i'm really into that there's a whole chapter on eating for sleep and it just explains like i like i mentioned tryptophan being one amino acid found in meats and other foods and how that directly ends up as melatonin in the very end of the conversion process and i kind of just break it down how literally some butter and steak will help you sleep better. I break down how that actually works. And then also I have a whole section called Calibrate Your Cave and it just talks about how to set up your room for success as far as removing electronics or covering LED lights, where to place your bed, you know, just it's basically the no failure guide to getting better and deeper sleep. And like I mentioned earlier, people think that sleep is a a small thing but I mean anybody listening if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner or a mom with kids and you work or you're a stay-at-home dad or whatever we all have to sleep you know we're all humans that's one thing that actually we all have in common is that we have to sleep and so that's why I think everybody could benefit from it and then since the podcast was kind of my uh, I guess my favorite way to reach out to people. I went to a recording studio and got a professional sound engineer to hook me up to a microphone and record the audio book too. So that's that's part of the package deal. So it's uh, it's really cool. I can't wait for you guys to check it out too. Yeah, it yeah. sounds great. Can't wait to see it, mate. You spoke about foodgasm. I'm thinking sleepgasm right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I don't know many people that um, couldn't benefit from some good sleep. So if you like the sound of that, um, head over to www.thatpaleoshow.com 
www.thepodcastmaker.com and uh, click on the We Recommend link and we'll make sure that we put the um, book up for you all to be able to access there. So there you have it, another episode of That Paleo Show. Thank you so much to our guest, Evan Brand, for joining us today. And do make sure you check out www.notjustpaleo.com, which Evan has put together as your personal resource for healthy lifestyle habits and also cutting-edge conversations about health and happiness. Um, So you'll find links to his weekly podcast. You can check out his latest articles and interviews, and you can even sign up to receive exclusive content if you wish. Um, Not Just Paleo has its own YouTube channel as well. So if you're a visual person, you can find Evan on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Not Just Paleo and stay tuned to Facebook because we will post all the links for you um, on our page. As always, we hope you all enjoyed the show as much as we did. Make sure you tell us what you think. And until next week, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.